and welcome to episode 50 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How are you all doing? Imagine we've done 50 episodes. Oh, like hot. Oh, no, I'm not doing the counting thing again. We're nearly, <laughs> we're nearly at our one year anniversary. Wow. Like a couple of weeks away. Wow. <gasps> That's crazy. Been doing it for so long. Are you ready to thank our Patreon subscribers? Let's do this. Okay, so our Patreon subscribers this week, we would like to thank... Letitia Betcher. Jessica Hing. Javier Alvarez. 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 Bollocks. <laughs> Let's try that again. Javier Alvarez. <laughs> Heather Burwell. Apri Riume. Yeah. I, I, I'm, listen, yeah. I'm really sorry. Carly Kempton. Zoe Reap. Fiendish Glee, which is a great name. Taya Couture. Uh, Alicia Segovia. Eliza. Elisa. Elise, Eliza. Eliza. I just made your name up. Sorry. Eliza Segovia. Chelsea McNeely. Julie T. Tara Bertovic. 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 Sarah. Should we just start again? (laughs) Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, Sarah Rankin. Crystal Kagan. Ricky. Amy Woolley. Vincent Moon. Eviana. And Hayley Page. I'm really sorry. That was appalling. I I just... my, yeah, that might have been the worst we've ever done. God, I'm really sorry if we've butchered your name. Like, I we still love you. We just can't read apparently. Yeah, literacy is not a strong so, point. So we're doing something really exciting this week. Oh, are we? On Thursday night, we have been invited. Oh, that to... exciting! I thought you meant in terms of the episode. <laughs> On Thursday night, we have been invited to visit Screamland. So Screamland are hosting a press event on Thursday night and we've been invited to go along, which I'm super excited about because I've never been. I don't know. I've never been to anything like that. I don't know what it's going to be like. So I'm going to tell you guys what it is. Um, Screamland is Dreamland's annual scare fest. Dreamland is like an amusement park in Margate in Kent. Every year they turn Dreamland into a Screamland, which is a big homage to Halloween. So the park opens up at night. And people can buy tickets to come and brave their selection of scare mazes, go on the rides and generally enjoy the spooky atmosphere. This is their fifth year. Wow. And they've opened up five different scare mazes. It takes place on the 18th, 19th, 25th, 26th and 31st of October and the 1st of November from 6 until 11pm. If you buy tickets in advance, they're cheaper. But if you're like Dan... You can buy no scare tickets and you can access the rides, but you don't have to go in the mazes. Oh, that's nice. Thanks for thinking of me. So that's quite nice <laughs> to know, isn't it? I'm guessing we don't get to opt out, though. On no, no, we do. don't get to opt out. Mm. No, no, we still have to go into all the mazes and okay. have a good time. But there's loads of cool stuff going on in Screamland on those dates. I'll put the link in the bio if you're around Kent or if you're close to Margate. Do make the effort to go to it if you're a Halloween junkie and you just want to go and have some scares and have some fun. Looking forward to it. it, should be good. I know, I've never been, so I'm really, I'm really like, I'm really excited, but I think my true colours are going to come out in that I'm actually a big scaredy cat, and yes. I'm really, I'm really not this big tough person that I think I am. <laughs> are you ready for the film review this week? Yeah, let's do it. This week's film review is In the Tall Grass. In the Tall Grass was released in 2019. It has 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb and 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? Yes. Brother and sister enter a field of tall grass to rescue a boy, but they soon realise they cannot escape and something evil lurks in the grass. Oh, is that a synopsis? That's the synopsis. Well, to be fair, there's not much more they can say, is there really? No, without without ruining the absolute awesome power 
that is this film. What were your thoughts on this film? Um, I think we're going to be exposed to all of Stephen King's stories, short, long, bad, good, over the next few years, because he's such a franchise, isn't he? What they need to do now at the moment is just put his name to things, and then instantly people will watch it. I think people need to really sit down and think about what actually works as a film of Stephen King's writings and what doesn't. And I'm going to say that this one did not work as a film. I'm going to say I agree, but I didn't mind it. Well, I was a bit annoyed at it because I think, again, it's one of those films that could have been amazing. It was just weird. It felt like a short story. Yeah, I probably, I haven't read in the talk. I need to read more of Stephen King so I can read the stories and actually enjoy the stories without having to watch the films. Because I feel like my faith in Stephen King films is waning quite a lot really i just it so that the premise is that you've got this couple no they're not even a couple they're brother and sister which again becomes really weird later on it's all incesty and strange Mm -hmm. brother and sister she's heavily pregnant they stop on the side of the road there is a child shouting in this like wheat field type thing it's just long grass just long grass and they go in to rescue him and they can't get out again and it's all like time moves funny they meet this little weird kid called tobin who's like the field doesn't move dead things. So he's like going around with a dead bird, swinging it around the place. It's very strange. And then that guy who's in every horror film ever at the moment. What's his name? He's from The Conjuring. I don't know. I can't remember the his name. The guy from The Conjuring. You'd know his face. He's clearly in it because apparently they don't, they don't, there plays are no Edward. more actors. There's no more actors left. They can only choose him. So he plays the dad. They all run into each other. They find this big like sacrifice rock or something in the middle of the field i don't really know what was going on basically spoiler i'm going to spoil it i'm going to spoil i'm going to ruin it for you they're stuck in a time loop that's it that's literally it they're stuck in a time loop. reliving it until they break out basically i think i feel like you needed the exposition of the written word for this story it's very badly done i'm not very badly done that's not fair that's not what i wanted to say it's badly explained i think what's happening there's some films that really need an exposition and this is one of them it's badly explained I didn't like the characters. I didn't like the fact that the brother clearly wanted to have sex with the sister, which was fucking weird. I think if it was done in like half an hour and it was a short, it would have been fine because you'd just been like, oh, it's a short story. Like you don't yeah. need to know why all this is happening, but it's the fact that they made it feature length, I think, is the issue. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, the, but... the creepy kid actually was quite cool. He was good, the mm. creepy kid. He was good. He worked well as a creepy little kid. But everything else about it was just a bit like, oh, oh, can't be bothered. Like I didn't understand why the grass came to life. And we're suddenly little human beings. I didn't understand where, why there was so such an explicable, explicably large amount of unused grassland. But I guess there's there's places like that in America, so maybe it's not as maybe it's not as uncommon. So foreign over here, it'd just be like, oh, we can put some houses on that, or it can be a farmer's field, or we need to use it to grow something. I did learn something amazing from the film, though. There's a line in it that says, "All flesh is grass," and I'd read it in a poem during the week poem called war photographer and i didn't really understand what it meant anyway it turns out it's from the bible it's an old testament thing which i learned and Mm. i appreciated the fact that that gave me some new information that i did not know i want to know what because there's the church of the black rock and then the black rock is in the middle of the grass isn't it so there's a church building and the church building is empty and it's called the church of the black rock and i kind of wanted to know about the congregation and why they worship the rock and where everybody was I think i know where everybody is but i don't want to say i know we spoiled it already but i don't want to give away too much of it but i just want a little bit more explanation yeah because on this black why is rock, the diner empty on this black rock there was like all of these like images of like human sacrifice and stuff but yet 
the church was very clearly a Christian church. I just didn't really, I don't know. I I felt, I feel like if it had been tweaked a little bit, it probably could have been a really good film. The other thing is there's loads of cars parked outside this church to suggest that this has been happening for generations. So if you, if you just stay, if you keep, if time keeps looping until you break out of it, why is there not loads of like people running around in the maze, like from the 50s? And why is there not loads and loads of bodies in the maze? Yeah. Or not in the well, maze. Well, there, were, the there are loads of bodies in the maze. No, no, but there are loads of bodies in the maze, but there's not enough bodies to suggest that loads of people have been getting stuck in this for years and years and years they're all under the rock oh yeah now I remember anyway what would you give this film out of five considering we've just ruined it oh no hang on I was going to give it five out of ten so two and a half three I think I'm going to go two and a half I think you enjoyed it more than I did yeah I don't think it's an awful film but I also don't think it's a very good film. I don't, it could have been done a lot better, I think. I liked it. It's because, only okay. Sorry to talk over you. I liked it because I wanted to know what was going on. That kept me interested. I was I'm going to I'm gonna bring it down to a two, actually, because I lost interest very quickly. Okay, I'm leaving it. Which I know is a very standard Emma thing to happen in the yep. world, losing interest in things very quickly. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> we've got to three years to be honest with you. I know, isn't it? Isn't it mad? We've been together for three years and I don't know how. How have you been piquing my interest for so long? Well, yeah, I'm going to give it a two. So what did you score it? Three. Okay, so are you ready for some stories this week? Okay, I am, but I just want to say my mind frame is very fragile. Why is your mind frame so fragile? So I'm doing this rather stupid thing that I decided was a good idea for Halloween, where I play a new horror game every day for 31 days, except I missed it yesterday, so I've got to do double today. And uh, a good chunk of this week has been playing them on my own in a dark hotel room, and I, I played Dead Space. <laughs> I warned you about Dead Space. I warned you. I told you before. I had played Dead Space on the Wii about 10 years ago, and I was living in a house of my own at the time. And I literally, in the middle of the night, had to get in my car and drive to my mum's house because I was so freaked out after playing Dead Space. And you didn't listen to me. You were like, oh no, it's fine, it's fine. You didn't listen and you should have listened. But that wasn't the worst one, in my opinion. The worst one was what I streamed the other night and ended up that stream ended up going on four hours. <laughs> but I played a game called Layers of Fear, which is not dramatic as Dead Space, but it just messes with your head. So you'd go in, you go in a door, like into a room... And then you go to the door in front of you and it's locked and you turn around and you're in a different room. And the, the, the engine of the game is so crazily built that literally I got to about three and a half hours through the stream and there was two people watching by this point And I was like, if I just walk backwards, it, the room can't change. Oh my God. You were like losing your mind playing it. <laughs> so There's a whole level about dolls, a whole level, a whole level about dolls. And you walk into this room and it's there's a, a level where there's this part where this this wheelchair moves on its own and it jumps up on you and like makes you jump and then you walk into this room and there's dolls all on either shelf and underneath a spotlight on this on this wheelchair is this doll just sitting there and you can't get out of the room until you go towards her are you okay i'm not my mind is in a fragile state so what i'm saying is just be careful with these stories i wrote this during the week so there's no going back now Okay. So story number one comes from Abby. Are you ready? Yes. So I'm pretty sure my parents' house is haunted. They moved into the house back in the late 90s with me, my two brothers and my sister. It's an old Victorian building, semi-detached, with an attic that was converted into a bedroom and a basement. If people don't know what a semi-detached house is, it's a pair of houses that are attached via one wall. They tend to be mirrored so both houses will have the same layout. I looked into the history of the house, which it turns out is pretty interesting. The house was built of sisters back in the Victorian times by their father. The dad had his own house built across the street so he could keep an eye on them, which is a bit creepy if you ask me. So from the beginning, 
my mum started to notice weird things about the house. She said there were cold spots, one persistent spot was at the bottom of the stairs. She noticed a feeling, the house felt off, like something was there, like we were being watched. For a while we had a lodger who lived in the attic conversion. The lodger left after a while. He said the attic room felt weird and he didn't like it. After this, my sister moved to the top room, but she's very much a sceptic of anything paranormal. A few years later, we moved out of the house. Mum said it was around this time things started to change. She felt the presence more strongly, and the atmosphere changed. As she packed up our things, odd things started happening. Things got misplaced. Things moved, and on the last day, she was carrying the last box of things. She felt hands push against her back, and she fell badly down the stairs. Although at this point we had moved out, the house was still owned by my parents and they rented the rooms out before deciding to move back in again, buying the attached house next door and knocking through the walls so that it was one big house. This is where I felt things really changed for me personally. I think knocking the walls down was a bad idea. I think whatever was happening in that house then had access to both sides. In the end, my parents decided to put the separating walls back up and sell the house. The family that moved in after us moved out within a year. They were police officers, and they couldn't handle the strange things happening in the house. After that, a couple, a vicar and his family, moved into the house, and they too left in under a year. Both the vicar and his wife worked in the church. They would often have refugees stay with them and such, but they too left. We later asked them about it. Apparently they had witnessed things moving on their own, including a towel that moved across the handrail in plain sight while the wife was in the bathroom. This scared them so much that they left. The only family that have stayed in that house are the current ones who have lived there for at least five years now. Through all this, my family lived next door. We did more researching of the owners of the house before we moved in the first time. It turns out an elderly piano teacher had lived in the house before us. As her mobility deteriorated, she lived exclusively in one room with her piano and unfortunately died in the house. I thoroughly believe there were two entities in the house, something negative and something else. I believe the piano teacher stayed after her death. I know my family all played musical instruments while we lived there and so did the family who live there now. Most notably their son plays the piano and so did we. While I lived with my parents, I lived in that attic room. When I moved up there, I started sleepwalking, experiencing sleep paralysis and witnessing shadow people. I used to self-harm when I lived there and looking back I'm sure everything that happened in that house was because of the negative energy. Even now I don't like being in my parents' house. It feels heavy and negative. It feels like I'm being watched and I'll avoid being in that top room which is now empty. I think of all the blood I spilled in that room and it makes me shudder. Was it because of whatever was in the house with us? I can't be sure but it doesn't give me a good feeling knowing I did that in the house with whatever the presence was. All I know is that on at least two occasions, I was pushed down the stairs. I heard voices calling my name, etc. I would sleepwalk and wake up paralysed trying to scream at a shadowy shape. It was all very creepy, and I'm glad I don't live there anymore. Sorry, Mum. That's our story number one. Creepy. It is really creepy. It makes you wonder about that family that's there at the moment. I was watching something with, um, watching some Zach Vegans. Uh, which is not the point Obviously. I'm trying to make, but he interviewed one of the ladies at this place that I was, of the episode I was watching, and she said, there's lots of stuff I've heard and seen, but I don't like to think about it because I have to work here. Well, that's so it, similar to it? your mom. Yeah. It's just like, well, and maybe that's just how they get through it. They just don't think about it. They're just like, oh, well. 
Well, my mum used to work. So back in episode one, I talked about the asylum and the experience I had in the asylum and, you know, other nurses seeing the woman running and all of that jazz. Like my mum worked nights in that asylum where she would be on her own on an entire floor. No, thank you. And I remember saying to her, like, how did you manage it? And she was like, I just didn't think about it. I had to, I had no choice but to go to work. I had to go to work and I had to work nights and that was just what I had to do. So she just said that if she thought about it, she would freak herself out. So she just never thought about it. I and think, I, I don't know how people do that. No, I don't either. Because I was thinking about last night when I was convinced that there was some, there was a shadow man in our room and then remembered it was the fan when I turned the light on. But I could not convince myself that it was anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I had to turn the light on. I couldn't convince myself. But to turn the light on, you had to go towards that shadow. Yeah, I know. That, that was, that's very brave. I know. I don't think I actually turned the light on. I think I used to talk to my phone. I don't think I got out of bed. Uh, I think I torched it with my phone. Oh, how the story's changing. Yeah. No, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, but I just don't think I could do it. Like, I find, like, being obsessed with things really useful. Because, you know, often when you think I'm thinking deeply about something, I'm thinking about wrestling or football or something like that. So that might help. I don't know how you just blank it out like that. Because I think I'd be more inclined towards the other people, I think. There's lots of elements in this story that we've seen loads of times like what actually something we talked about is the fact that building work apparently is meant to rile up spirits particularly poltergeist activity so if you if you look at stories of poltergeist from throughout the years often families report or you know workplaces or whatever that when they start building or they start doing renovation work then the activity becomes worse whatever whatever the reason is for that i don't know so this girl reckoned that when they pulled the wall down it got worse and oh there is there's lots of cases where that idea has been ignored and also again we're back in the teenage angst so that girl like self-harming is such a self-destructive thing obviously and it is also um it's not it's not exclusively a teenage thing i'm perfectly aware of that but it is a real way to express teenage frustration and angst and not being able to get those feelings out so again you've got this activity that's happening while there's high powered emotions high powered yeah. emotions in those houses so it's interesting like i do always wonder if paranormal in the sense of it being a poltergeist or a ghost or whatever isn't real but it's like the emotions that you're not able to release that they have to be released some way like some sort of matilda shit yeah i talk about matilda that would make sense because you podcast. think you think about the, the kind of poltergeist movement that's been captured on, on camera when there's been investigators yeah Imagine it's just the intensity of their fear that moves things. You don't know, do you? You don't know. It sounds a bit no, weird. No, you don't know. The renovations kind of make sense because imagine, like, if ghosts, like, imagine if you are a ghost and you don't know that you're a ghost and then you suddenly have people in your house and then they suddenly tear down the middle wall that you didn't want. Yeah, like the others type shit. Yeah, or you, or you can't even see the other people, but suddenly a wall has disappeared. Now, you're going to start throwing stuff around now. <laughs> Drop kicking people. Drop kicking people down the stairs. That's what's happening in this story. Yeah. These, this ghost be drop kicking people down them stairs. <laughs> Are you ready for another story? Uh, yeah. Was that convincing? So story number two comes from Kate. When I was three years old, I was walking with my mum and dad past the local cemetery when I suddenly stopped and pointed into the cemetery, stating, my mummy and daddy are buried in there. What the hell? It's fair to say my parents were creeped out. The activity increased as I got older and we moved into a three-storey new-built house that was built on an old workhouse where unwed or poor mothers went to live and have their babies many, many years ago. Needless to say, this house was extremely active. We had a downstairs toilet, and the taps would just turn on by themselves, and we would only notice when we heard the water running. I would hear people call my name when I was alone in the house. One evening, I woke my sister up because I could hear men's voices downstairs, as if a group were sat chatting. 
We went to the top of the landing and then bravely crept down the stairs, but no one was there and the doors and windows were all locked. The most memorable story from this house is when I was on the top floor sat using my computer. I felt like someone was watching me as my back was to the door. I turned around expecting to see my sister or my nana, only to find my granddad, who had passed away 15 years previously, was standing looking at me. I spun around on the swingy chair and slowly went down to switch the computer off, unsure if he was still behind me, and when I turned around he had gone. I flew down the three flights of stairs straight to my nana. She asked what was wrong as I looked even more pale than I normally am. Trust me, I'm ghostly pale already before this. <laughs> I told her I'd seen my granddad standing looking at me, and he had a red tartan print pyjamas on. The look on my nana's face was a sight and she said that she had my granddad buried in those same pyjamas I had described. Please keep in mind that I was only about four or five when my granddad died, and I did not know any of the details of this. Another time I went to visit my nana's brother in hospital who was dying, and as we were sat by his bedside, a patient opposite who had problems communicating was a shout out for assistance. I went over to see if I could help him or comfort him. This ward was where people were in the end stages of their lives, I got him a nurse and I figured out that's what he wanted. The next day I went to see my nana's brother and the patient I had helped had passed away the night before after we had left. The next couple of weeks I had a few issues of feeling like I was constantly being watched and like someone was watching me in my room and sitting on my bed. We contacted a medium who told me it was the spirit of the man who I had helped in the hospital. She gave me his full name which I took a note of in the hospital so I could address him by his first name when I went in to help him. And she was able to tell me his full name without being prompted. She told me, he said, he wanted to come and say thank you for helping him at the hospital. I was overwhelmed with emotion and she asked him to pass over peacefully. One time I went to an old grade one derelict building in my local area and the security guard let us in to have a look around before it was renovated. I'd always driven past this building for years and always felt as though it was calling me to go in and have a look. The building was fantastic, with ornate ceilings and solid wood staircases. I was with my auntie and we were about to venture to the top floor when I stopped dead on my tracks in the middle of the staircase and I started to cry. I couldn't move and I just gripped the banister of the stairs. My auntie came straight back down and managed to move me and decided it was time to leave. When we got home, we spoke to my auntie's friend, who was a medium, and asked to look at some photos I had taken on my little digital camera that I had with me. There was no physical sign of anything in the photographs, but she told me she could see an old lady in old clothing stood next to me on the staircase. She was stuck in this place and couldn't pass over to be at peace, and she had stepped into me momentarily, and that's why I had started to cry, as I could feel her sadness channeling through me. Needless to say, I was freaked out big style. A more recent event was when my boyfriend was staying over and we had just settled down in bed. He was laid behind me, snuggling into me, when suddenly he grabbed my arm. Let me say my boyfriend is a huge sceptic. He said to me, where are you going? I said, nowhere. He told me he had seen me walk behind my wardrobe. My wardrobe was flat against the wall and I hadn't moved at all. I absolutely shit myself. I was in shock by his comment and I just stared at the wardrobe not daring to close my eyes. He hasn't seen her since, which is good, but I do have reoccurring visits by someone laying next to me on the bed 
on a night when I'm on my own and waking me up at 3am by touching my hair or stroking oh, my arm. Get out. Get out. It's the end of that story. Oh. Ugh. Okay, it's, loads of stuff. Imagine, you're not really, imagine I take that walking back. along with your kids and then them going, oh, that's where my mommy and daddy are buried. I'll be like, all right, and you go live with your mommy and daddy. Bye. Okay, you can stay there. You can stay with your real mommy and daddy because I am not happy with this. I like the fact that this medium was able to tell her the name of the man that died in the hospital without her expressing that to him. I think people do. I think some people generally do have those gifts. Yeah. Even if it's momentary. So maybe like, obviously maybe Kate needed to, Kate needed to hear that information or whatever, or the guy actually needed to get that information across. Like it doesn't mean it works 100% of the time, but I do think people actually have that gift. And that's such a small, relatively insignificant event. Like you're in a hospital, somebody is looking for help, you go get a nurse for them. Like, that's not something that you're going to be sitting mulling over for years to come. Mm. That's a really quite an insignificant event, especially when it's, you know, in the context of a traumatic family event. It's not something you're really going to remember. Yeah. That's crazy. And is it, maybe it's just that he, maybe he didn't have anybody else. Maybe it was the fact that someone was nice to him, other yeah. than the nurse. Like, the nurses are paid to, and it? So it's a bit different. But it is a bit different. Not that, they're, not that they're not nice, that's not what I'm saying, because they are, they do an incredible job. But it might just be the fact that someone that didn't have to paid attention to that person. Hmm felt that emotion again but that last one where but, his boyfriend sees her walking behind the wardrobe no 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 good god what would you do if that happened to you cry would you i'd probably i'd be doing shit myself i think i mean i wouldn't be awake we've already established that i would absolutely be so i'd instantly know it wasn't you even though it looked like you i'd be like well it's not likely to be awake is she she's not heading towards the toilet so yeah it's just be like oh my god what is this? Or like, no, I'd just, just be like, ask the fan. <laughs> Everything from now on, even if there is a literal man in his hat dancing around our bedroom, you'd be like, oh no, it's just a fan. It's fine, it's just a fan. It's just a fan. Are you ready for one more story? Oh, if it's to the level of Kate stuff, I don't know whether I can handle it, to be honest with you. This story I don't comes... get a choice, I do it. No, you don't. No, this okay. story comes from Matthew. Thanks, Matthew. I'm a police officer, and just for Emma's benefit... I'm six foot three and 225 pounds. I wanted to add a few things about the hat man that I've found out over the years. I've met the hat man several times and I absolutely hate that fucker. Oh, wait. I was about 16 years old or so, roughly 20 years ago now, working at a theater on the west coast of the United States. The theater is an atmospheric theater, which means once inside, it looks like you're outside. In this case, it's the Spanish courtyard. Over the years, it has been painstakingly restored, but at the time, it was still really run down. The lights in the auditorium are orange, red, blue, and white. You can make it look like sunsets or sunrises, depending on the lighting color choice. Above the stage, in the center, is a snarling lion head, and is very frightening looking. My friend Leighton and I called it Satan. Anyways, on to the first sighting of the hat man. I was setting up the sound system for a performance. No stage lights were on, but the theatre's White House lights were on. Not overly bright, but still bright enough to work by. I was in the centre of the auditorium with my back to the stage. I had a feeling of being watched or that something was near me. I knew my friend Leighton was working in the theatre with me, so I called out his name and heard him answer me from the lobby. I picked my head up and looked towards the stage. I immediately felt an overwhelming sense of dread and became dizzy. And that's when I saw him. He was a dark shadow standing in the centre of the stage with a low, wide-brimmed hat on. 
I couldn't make out any facial features, but I could sense that he was staring right at me. The dizziness increased, and I thought I would pass out. I had an overwhelming feeling my soul was being sucked out, and if I went unconscious, I would die. I summoned all the inner strength I could and stumbled through the auditorium and down the ramp into the lobby. Once I made it out of the line of sight, I felt immediately better. I quickly explained to Leighton we needed to leave, and we exited for the day. Now I know everyone would be thinking, that's it, I'm not working there anymore. But I had many experiences prior to that one, and was curious as to why this one was different. Another friend of mine came into the theatre with me one night, and I was standing on the stage, clicking through the lights to show him the sunrises and sunsets. I was between two of the colours when we both saw the hat man cross the balcony seats about halfway up. I saw him, but didn't want to say anything. When my friend said, did you, did you just see that guy up there? I knew then I wasn't imagining it. Another time, Leighton and I joked if we put a light on Satan, something bad would happen. Neither one of us knew for sure, but we were 16 and thought it would be funny. So while seated in a row, we shined a flashlight onto the lion and immediately became frightened. We got up out of the seats we were sitting in and decided we needed to leave. We hadn't even made it two rows before a chunk of the plaster fell from the roof and landed on the two seats that we were just sitting in. Now, I don't know for sure if the hat man had anything to do with that, but I would bet that he did. One night in the theatre, while cleaning, I felt a push from behind me and fell down a flight of stairs. I could hear him laughing as I tumbled downwards. On another night, I was upstairs cleaning in the dressing rooms. I was in the fire dressing room down the hall from the new stairway. I stepped out into the hallway and the light bulb in the hall went out. The only light came from the exit sign above the new stairway. I looked up at the burned out bulb when I noticed it became darker in the hallway. My eyes slowly lowered and there he was, standing on top of the stairs, blocking out the light from the exit sign. He began to move towards me and I ran down the stairs and onto the stage, jumping off the stage and into the auditorium. When I looked back, he was gone. Other spirits haunted the theatre, which were fun and light-hearted, and most of the time over the seven years I spent there, the feeling was that of fun and happiness. I would hear children running around above me and laughing when oh, I cleaned no. the lobby bathrooms. The piano in the lobby would play by itself. I was able to watch the keys depress, and this was not an auto-playing piano. So overall, except for those few times with the hat man, it was fun in the theatre. This isn't the only place I've encountered the hat man, and by far the worst was still to come. I spent some time in the army, and a fellow soldier and I shared an experience in Afghanistan where we both saw some Russian ghost soldiers in a bunker. Nothing scary, they were just there, kind of like watching a movie. When we returned stateside, he let me in on some stuff he knew, which I'm not allowed to talk about in specifics, other than there is a fight between darkness and light. While he was telling me this, we were driving down the interstate in upstate New York. It was a clear night, and all of a sudden, we were in the thickest fog I have ever seen. I slowed way down, and in the middle of the road was the hat man. I couldn't stop the vehicle, and we went right through him. I looked in my rearview mirror, and there he was, sitting in my back seat. Oh, get out. I started cussing and freaking out, and my friend started speaking words in a language I've never heard. 
There was a bright flash of sparks and the hat man was gone. My friend was drained of all colour and passed out. We went to see his mother where I learned a bit about what I had witnessed. I'm sorry I cannot elaborate more. I learned just enough to get myself in trouble. I had a friend who told me she was being attacked by a shadow figure in one of her parents' rental houses. I told her I would take a look and travelled to New Jersey to take a peek thinking it was just a shadow person and nothing major. Sorry, what? Let's pause there for a second. <laughs> what sort of an oxymoronic statement is that? Thinking it was just a shadow person, you know, nothing nothing major, but it's nothing the, to worry about. It's like that we, we watched Jesus the Christ. episode 50 on the on 50p movie club that was one of the lines that made me well crack up they were like there is absolutely no evidence of this being a ghost it's more like more than likely to be a poltergeist and me and we were like what, what? what? that is a ghost it's not sorry matthew i i i know you've you've Ooh. had dark experiences babe but like to me a shadow person is still something pretty major Flipping kids running around upstairs is a, is major pianos playing on itself is freaky all that stuff is scary this guy makes me think that that stuff that he's found scary is like Heart attack stuff. Are you ready to continue? Oh, yeah. I had dealt with plenty of them by this point, so I was overconfident. She took me into the rental house, which is a huge mansion. We're talking like a 10 bedroom place. I was wandering around when I noticed a mist down the hallway. I started to get closer when it disappeared and my friend let out the most gut-wrenching, piercing scream I've ever heard. I get goosebumps just remembering it. I ran down the hallway and she was just pointing and making noises with the widest eyes I've ever seen. I looked over, and not five feet away, there he was, that bastard, with glowing red eyes, a wide smile, with white pointed teeth, and his stupid wide-brimmed hat. My friend wouldn't snap out of it, and I knew it was like the first time I'd encountered him. I immediately let out some chance and picked up my friend over my shoulder and ran out of the house and towards her house. She lived about two blocks away. Outside, the fog started closing in and I couldn't see more than a foot in front of me. I was yelling out every chant I knew and nothing was working. He was behind us and gaining strength. I finally found her house and carried her upstairs to her room. She had a balcony off her room that overlooked the front of the house. I looked outside and he was standing in the driveway staring up at me. I blessed the room and put protective curses to stop him from entering and stepped outside to do battle with him. Jesus Christ, this is intense. I'm not okay with this story. When I came to, it was morning and the fog had lifted. I decided then and there that I was way in over my head and I quit trying to fight demons. It's been about 12 years since the incident and except for the rare corner of my eye sighting, I haven't seen him. I'm starting to think he has been bothering my three-year-old son lately, and if I can catch him, I will send the bastard back to hell once and for all. Anyways, this was a long story, but I thought I would share with you in order to make sure your listeners know to steer clear of the hat man. It wasn't until about three years ago that I realised other people had encountered him all over the world. I'll be interested in hearing more experiences about the hat man people have had and see if I can figure out a way to stop him. Constantine, by the Constantine is right. All I can picture is Keanu Reeves. Oh, I'm thinking of the blonde guy but from the comics, but yeah. Okay, I'm thinking of Keanu Reeves. Never yeah. mind. That's 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 an amazing story. Like I was gripped through that story, and I love the idea of a haunted theater as well. Yes, love it. I you think they're all are they? haunted theaters. I love it. And again, it's all back to that heightened emotion thing, yeah. isn't it? 
And I just think this is our first description of the hat man where he's been dangerous. Mm. So what does that mean? And he's got pointed teeth like Jimmy C. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe the hat man is a demon. Maybe he is. I don't like him in that story. <laughs> well, I wasn't a big fan of him in general. <laughs> I wasn't like, yes, a hat man story. But it's story. just the fact that all those other things Matthew's not bothered by, and they would really freak me out. So that means how bad is hat man? I know, how bad is hat man if even Matthew is freaked out by the hat man? And he's six foot three and 200 pounds and he's a cop. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, all three things disqualify you from being scared of anything, I think. Definitely. And if he was sitting in my rearview mirror, I would legitimately crash my car. I have such a thing. And like every so often if I'm driving home in the dark and I'm on my own, like most of the time I'm fine. Most journey, like nine journeys out of 10 in the dark on my own, I'm fine. And there'll be that one journey where I'm like, what if I looked in the rearview mirror and there was somebody sitting in the back of the car? And then I'm like <laughs> fucking petrified the whole drive home. Oh, it's just mad. You technically don't need your rearview mirror, so. Oh, I might just, just get rid of it. Just don't look at it. I might just get rid of it. I mean, I wouldn't. It's handy to have. No, I've decided now. <laughs> I'm getting rid of it. If Hatman is going to be making, is sitting in the back of my car, hitching free rides, he's more than welcome. I just don't need to see him. Just don't need to see him. Are you ready for some reviews? Oh, I thought he was going to say another story, then I was no. about to say no. Yes, I'd love some Our reviews. first review comes from Malicious Mama, and it's you entitled know. Love, Love, Love. Yes, I love, love, love this podcast. It's absolutely freaking fantastic. Emma and Dan are so funny and I love their banter. Emma's Irish accent is lovely and Dan's British accent is actually quite soothing too. I could listen to these two talk all day. Although I can only listen to these stories during the daytime when I'm at work and not at home at night. Some are quite terrifying. Keep up with great podcasts. Thanks. Thank you so much. Three loves as well, not just one love. One love. Three loves. For the hip hop streets. Anyway. Um... I was told on Instagram recently that I sound like Colin Firth in uh, in uh, Love Actually. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you if whoever said that to go back and listen to Colin Firth in Love Actually, and then re-listen to Dan at the same time. Colin Firth has a uh, they call it an RP accent, isn't it? Yes. Like a, a kind of a posh English accent. Yeah, my accent's posh. Posh. <laughs> Your accent's what? Sorry. Posh. Sorry. 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 Um, where was I? Okay, Crazy Witch Mama says, Top Shelf Paranormal Podcast. I love a good paranormal podcast and this one has quickly taken the throne as the cream of the crop. Plenty of spooky chills with the perfect balance of humour. The accents are a plus two. Definitely worth a listen. Thank you very much, Crazy Witch Mama. And finally, we have Etalok. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Which is entitled, Commuting in Chicago Just Got Better. My bus rides are a million times better with Emma and Dan. I need a podcast for some escapism from life and news and harsh Midwestern US accents. You know, I feel like podcasts give me such an escape from the world as well. Mm. Just from life. Because, my God, the news is terrifying these days. Oh, if you hear that, it's Bim scratching her claws. So I'm sorry. Um, she likes to be a part of the podcast. She does. She's like, I just need to remind people. <laughs> and I am the most important member of the team. Um, so... We are drawing to an end of this episode and I just wanted to remind you that um, Thursday we're going to our press event in Screamland in Margate and if you wish to pop along to Screamland I will put all of the details of the opening days and times 
in our description of this episode and the website we can book tickets to. I would absolutely massively recommend it. Um, we were invited because our friend Sinead of the Demon Gin fame is part of the Margate Dreamland team and she is an absolute spook queen. Like her mad creative genius is unbelievable and if that is anything to go by I would recommend going to Screamland. We posed as dead bodies in her wedding photos. You did. Like it does not get (laughs) any more spooky than that. So she is a Scream Queen. So you absolutely should go to Screamland and enjoy it. And if you want to contact us, there's a million and one ways that you can contact us. Surely is. If you want to send us in a story, send it in to Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk to us on Facebook, you can like our Facebook page, which is Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast, and then join our supergroup, which is RLGS Supergroup. Um, and the question is, who are the hosts of Real Life Ghost Stories? And that's me and Dan. I'm Emma. He's Dan, obviously. You can also contact us on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. Dan is on Instagram. At 50p Movie Club. And I just want to let you know that I do have rather a large following on on instagram way more than me way more than me i can't respond to everybody's messages so i'm really sorry if i don't respond to you i literally physically can't keep up with them so i'm sorry feel free to keep sending me messages by all means but i just can't respond to everybody and if you want to tweet us we are on twitter at real ghost pod that's my part oh sorry we're on twitter at real ghost pod there you go much better and i think that's about it is that it for this week i think so Oh, you know, wait, hang on. If you'd like to support our podcast, oh, yeah. <laughs> then you can do so on patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories. For $5 a month, you get an extra episode a week of real life ghost stories, tiny tales. And if you subscribe for $2 a month, you get the full back catalogue of 50p Movie Club. What's That's- 50p Movie Club? Uh, 50p Movie Club is a podcast where I buy a bad movie, hopefully, from a 50p section in a local brand store, and we watch it and we review it. And my previous host was Will, but then he loved the show so much that he moved to another continent. Um, <laughs> but I am starting recording again as of next weekend with a new host. Woo! And on that note, we shall see you next week. Goodbye.